take a breath as you enter the portal of Passages, the podcast, a container of empowerment, guidance, and inspiration to transform wounds and dark places into embodied wisdom and sacred spaces. This podcast includes readings of passages and deep dives into rites of passage with visionary leaders and others who have gone through transformative experiences that empowered and shaped them into who they are today. This is your host, Paulo Sello. I welcome you and I invite you into the space. It is honorable for a man to admit his fears, resistance, and edge of practice. It is simply true that each man has his limit, his capacity for growth and his destiny. But it is dishonorable for him to lie to himself or to others about his real place. He shouldn't pretend he is more enlightened than he is, nor should he stop short of his actual edge. The more a man is playing his real edge, the more valuable he is as good company for other men, the more he can be trusted to be authentic and fully present. Where a man's edge is located is less important than whether he is actually living his edge in truth rather than being lazy or deluded. Know your real edge and don't fake it. The Way of the Superior Man by David Data. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for, for opening up this space with so much truth and, and liberation, it feels like, right? If you're, if you're a man listening to this right now, maybe you can just like <laughs> take some weight off your shoulders, mm. right? To, um, and as you come into this space. And so, you know, with a lot of gratitude of, of having that being the, the opening passage of this passage itself, I want to ask you the, the question of what, what was it about this specific passage that had you be like, all right, this is the one that I want to introduce myself, my truth, my stand, and my voice with? Well, that's a great question. And to be honest, this was one of the first passages uh, from one of the first books that I read after going into my journey um, into men's work and really into just finding out who I am as a man beyond all the stories and all the programming and all of the paradigms that I was living in before that. Um, so this book, Way of the Superior Man, it was one of the first books that was recommended to me after attending one of the first men's groups that I had ever, ever attended. And now as a facilitator of men's, groups and workshops and uh also just men's coach is actually one of the first books that i recommend to all of the men that i work with and it's one of the you know main passages that i always reflect back on now specifically yeah. diving into what it means to me i think as a man uh just from my own experience and from you know men that i've worked with and men that are close to my heart I think we're always looking to find our edge and we're always craving to test uh, what we're made of. And for most of my life before 
not only before reading this passage, but also um, before doing a lot of work that allowed me to really understand the truth of who I am beyond those layers. I was, you know, I was testing a lot of those edges mm -hmm. and also uh, pushing edges just for the sake of proving myself as well, which created a lot of pain and created a lot of um, hurt, not only for myself, but for others. And on the other hand, you know, there's a part in there where he talks about also not faking it. Uh, there's times where I would, um, and I think men in general and just humans, uh, we tend to sometimes stretch our truth in order to feel like we're worthy of attention, of love, of claiming something. Um, so this, this, this uh, passage really, if I can distill it, just reminds me to know who I am in this very moment right now, mm. acknowledge what I've been through and fully embody it, embody my power, my truth without apologizing for it, while also humbly having like a beginner's mindset and just knowing like, okay, and that also means that I have an edge and there's still a lot for me to learn. So. Yeah. Wow. There's so many, there's so many good, there's so many good stuff and, and, and layers from, from what you just shared. And, um, you know, the, the first thing that, that really stood out to me was this, this edge, right? Because I feel like when it comes to, um, you know, just different like rites of passage and different initiations that we go through as human beings, um, some happen and we're just, we did, I was not asking for this. I don't, re, I don't recall like, you know, putting out an intention for this to happen, right? Like we, they, they, they happen, they happen mm -hmm. for us in our lives. And, and the way in which you're sharing is this in how, in how, from a man's perspective, there might be a, a resonance or a desire to just like push through that edge, mm -hmm. right? Like, it's just mm -hmm. like, you choose it, like you're consciously choosing to put yourself into those stretches, like show me what I'm made of, mm -hmm. you know, so that I may see, so that I may be, so that I may know that, you know, um, and, and what you shared in that is just like, at one point it can look like so that I may prove, mm -hmm. so that I may prove maybe to myself or so that I may prove to another that I'm, that I'm worthy or that I'm, X, Y, and Z, you know, like all of these different things. And, um, and then how like that then gets flipped into, let me from, from the, the superior, the superior man, I love that. Um, because he like puts himself superior, like at the center, mm. right? Mm. Like not at like a level of hierarchy, mm -hmm. but putting himself superior because he's, he's free from any hierarchy or from mm -hmm. any need to prove. And, and to to really stretch to that edge as um, as a level of honor I'm getting mm -hmm. from you, right? Mm -hmm. As a way to honor like your your ability to to be vulnerable, your ability to be a, a, a student and a teacher simultaneously, right? Mm -hmm. And and that is such a um, that is such a beautiful way to um, to to come into our our power. Right. And, mm. and for men to come into their power as well. Um, and so I, I'm I'm curious because now, right now, you're like, now I you you see it from that perspective, but like before you um, you know, started going into the the men's work and um and diving into um 
into that aspect of yourself and into that perspective what did it look like for you mm. to um to to stretch yourself into that edge well that's a great question and also you brought up a great point that we're always going through rites of passages they're not always intentional they're not always expected consented um or even uh inducive of the outcome that we're looking for right um and then you also said something about superior man being at the center like i think of it as superior man being a spiritual practice right and also being um a man who finds his edge for the sake of his community and for the sake of being of service to others Mm. which leads me to my answer to that question like before I really started diving into this work you know I think I know for myself uh rites of passage like I didn't even know what the word meant but I I think back and I remember you know losing my virginity the amount of women I would uh try to get with um going to college moving out of my house trying to get a certain salary or a certain raise um, even, I mean, when I was 18 till about 20, like, uh, racing cars and like trying to like, uh, prove myself, you know, in, in those spaces, like all these little things that I can remember where I was just really trying to test my edge to the point where sometimes I would get into really dangerous situations. Mm. I would, I would, um, potentially like put other people in danger or make them feel uncomfortable um and i i see this often with um, many men that are in that same transition especially teenage years really stepping into your 20s um where you know it's it's why you see gangs it's why you see fraternities it's why you see a lot of um just i don't like to use the word toxic but really traumatized uh and, and harmful behavior um, and that's really what it looked like for me, right? And it wasn't until, and we, we could dive deeper into this, it wasn't until one, I started doing my own inner work and really figuring out like what I actually wanted to do outside of what I thought I had to do in order to get approval from others, which, which ultimately even approval from others was in order to, for me to approve of myself, right? So it was like that validation of, yeah, okay, I'm an adult now. Well, yeah, okay, I'm, I, I, I can... I can say I'm a man now. Um, and it wasn't until I really started looking at myself in the mirror and then having other mirrors around me um, to reflect back those blind spots. Like, bro, why are you doing this? Like, is this really because of what you say it is? Or is it because of some story that you feel unworthy or some story that you feel like if you don't do this or don't claim this or don't take this or don't push through this, then you're not going to be worthy. And the ultimate version of that where that shift happened for me although very recent it was like the 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 threshold right which every rite of passage is that threshold was me actually going on a on a official men's wilderness rite of passage where i had other initiated men just legitimately pushed me so far into my edge where there was no back doors and blind spots i could move away from and everything i i was i was being you know, reflected, that was being reflected back to me was just no running away from it. it I had to really look at what I was showing up as prior, um, even in, and this was a year and a half ago, even like 
um, after feeling like I found my purpose, I felt alignment. I felt like I had done, you know, a lot of work around my edge and what it really meant. There was still so much that surfaced for me that I'm still navigating and working through after the rite of passage, but it looks much different now. It's like everything I'm approaching is like, there's this remembrance of, yeah, this is why I'm doing this. It's not just for me, it's for my community. Mm -hmm. um, this is why I'm saying no to these things. This is why I'm saying yes to these things because everything is about me being in the spiritual practice of being a superior man who's not just living in his edge for the selfish reasons, which is really the, uh, the summary here. Like mm -hmm. rites of passages before were all about me. Rites of passages now and just like mm -hmm. becoming a superior man and finding my edge now is all about who am I being of service to? And if I have a mission and a truth to bring into this world, how can I know that I'm pushing to, I'm, I'm living at my edge in order to give back to more than just me, but to everyone that benefits from what I'm creating? Yeah. Yeah. That's so, it's so beautiful and such a powerful distinction to, to have and how, how ultimately our, our whys like evolve through, through our passages of, in, in, in life. Right. Because it's like the, the way that it started was in this question and, and, and I'm going to come back, I'm going to come back to ask you a question on that, um, on that specific moment, but to, to, to be in that space of, of questioning. And, and for those of you that are listening and for those of you that are watching this, um, I want you to really take note to this or really encouraging you to take note to the importance of your why, because the, the why really moves like the why, if he was a person, it would be at, at the front of the ship, at the front of the car, at the front of the train, whatever mm -hmm. it is. And it's, and it's guiding the way the why the why is guiding the way. And so to be able to come into those, those raw spaces within ourselves that say, mm -hmm. wait, hold up. Why? Mm -hmm. um, what is your intention? Because the why can be right. Like from, like you share, like it can, it can be harmful. It can be an expression of, of trauma, right. It, a respond or a result to trauma, or it can be a why that's like, yo, I got this. I know what you, I know where you're going. I know what you're trying to serve. I know you're worthy. I know we're loved. Like we're, we're doing this out of honor and of contribution to the world. I got it. Yes. Don't worry about it. I got it. You know, so we, it really gets to have that. So, so for those of you listening to, to really um, have that be something that, that you're, that you're beginning to, to, to receive and, and to take from this is the importance of your why, mm. right? Even why you're, why you're listening to this, why are you watching this? Mm -hmm. Is it to amplify mm. what you already know? Is it to, to guide, to inspire, or, you know, really begin to, to ask yourself these questions of, the 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 why and to acknowledge the the why it is that you do the why it is that you show the why it is that you speak mm -hmm. and and do so without any judgment please yeah. because we don't need any more we don't need any more of that um so give yourself that space and so um you know back to our conversation um i, I know that you mentioned you know just kind of going through um 
you know, like the, 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 the girls and the car racing and the fraternities and like the, you know, all, all of these things. And then you got to a point where you began to ask yourself these questions of why am I really like, who am I being? Mm-hmm. What the fuck am I doing? <laughs> You know, maybe, I don't know. That's what it like, it showed up for me. I was, what did you do? But was there a specific like situation mm-hmm. or experience that ignited that within you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and be- before I answer that, I love that you pointed out, you know, why being so important. Um, our why determines our priorities and our priorities affect our productivity right so Mm -hmm. as as men as people that do things tangibly in this world right we create our vision um we can be very productive and sometimes we look at productivity as the thing that makes us feel worthy like i got this much done or i did this much work um but sometimes you know the work that we choose to do and how we prioritize it is based on things that you know aren't necessarily in alignment with who we actually are and what we're actually here to create in this world. Mm-hmm. So our, our, our why always determines our priorities and based on our priorities really determines like what kind of impact we make in the world. Yeah. And that's really what my pivotal point was. There's, there was two things that were happening simultaneously. So my, my, parent, my parents were actually thrice divorced. So three times when I was five, when I was a teenager, and then again, when I was 24 so about four months after I moved out of my home and moved out on my own right so that was the pivotal moment I had you know close to six-figure salary before 24 years old I had um, you know what I considered a great relationship which then just like hit me in the face all these different things was not once I moved out of my house and my parents divorced and I and I felt these feelings that reminded me of when I was five years old and what's interesting is you know it was it was it was about five years after graduating college four years after graduating college with a psychology degree Mm -hmm. that I actually started diving into my emotions so Mm -hmm. I understood logically childhood developmental stages uh, trauma I understood like attachment styles I understood like you know, relationships with, with your mom. I understood, uh, um, you know, uh, emotional incest and all these things, but I didn't necessarily actually dive into it because I thought, oh, you know, this is not something that might be relevant to me, <laughs> Until, which is a bunch of bullshit because then, you know, when, when that happened, a lot of that started coming up in my relationship with Sam, which you know uh, Sam very well. And, and that was a really rough time in our relationship because I was projecting this little five-year-old that was scared of his parents splitting up and moving to the States and feeling like he didn't fit in and feeling like he was in between his mom and his dad. And then this teenager was coming up frustrated that he couldn't express his truth. And I was showing this anxious attachment style with Sam and then sometimes avoidant and pulling away and not getting in touch with my emotions. And it just really surfaced really, really intense. And initially, the reason I stepped into like this work and this curiosity was 
you know, I was always curious about myself. And the reason I went to psychology was really to figure out my parents and like understand what, what that was all about. And, and then, uh, you know, I was, I, I went into it to try to solve my relationship, to try to fix, right. And this is like an innate thing that I feel like most men experience like this desire to fix. And it just made things worse. And then I realized in that journey, specifically when I had other men around me that had went through a similar situation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it wasn't about my relationship. It was actually all about me. There were things that I had to look at myself, within myself, things that I had to look at, like, why am I chasing this salary? Why am I trying to create this picture-perfect relationship and actually not allowing myself to dive into deeper levels of intimacy because I'm just attached to what I what I remember looking like throughout college Mm -hmm. um why am I you know um why am I not actually pursuing the things that are making me feel most alive just because I feel like if I do then you know things are people are going to make fun of me and it really just all hit me at once and it uh, I want to say anxiety, some depression, just really like, what, what am, life am I creating is really what came up. And, and that's when I really just committed to, to, start, to start shifting everything. I was always really expressive and I always did things kind of my way because of all the moving throughout my childhood. But there was still like this chameleon aspect about, about me where I was just like blending into all areas of my life. And at that point, I was like, I'm tired of this shit, tired of the masks. And it's been a journey since then because there's still shit I'm figuring out about myself now. But uh, it's definitely been a long journey since that, like, big fucking catalyst that set it all off. Yeah. Wow. There's, um, you know, the, like, like, towards the end, what you shared is just like, like, just like dropping the mask. Right. Like dropping the mask of, of really setting yourself free. And from, you know, from that journey of, of, of like growing up with your, with your parents. And then I'm curious. So they, they, they were married, they divorced, and then they got married again and to the, to themselves. So I was born in Puerto Rico, I was raised in Puerto Rico. And then when I was five, my parents divorced. My mom is in New York and my father's a Cuba. So he stayed in Puerto Rico and my mom came to the States. They got back together, I think, when I was 11. 11 till about, or they got back together when I was around seven, eight. And then eight to 11, I was back and forth from Puerto Rico to the States. They divorced again. And then they got back together, I think, when I was 16, 17, and then divorced again. So they got back and divorced together from each wow. other, which is a very interesting um, and I think part of the big reason why so much surfaced for me, because there was a lot of like, you know, I, I, I've, I've worked through a lot of this with my father and my mom. There was a lot of like, just behind the scenes ways that my father would talk about my mother and vice versa, you know, and mm-hmm. I would just feel responsible. Like the only reason my father's here is because of me and he's miserable because of me and the only reason my mom you know like I I would create this story in my head partly because of just that dynamic and the the very uh the the very the trauma bonding that they had going on that I would see and explicitly be exposed to Mm -hmm. um that's just what they were going through at that time but I think that was a big reason for why 
that last divorce after like you me feeling like I'm a man and I'm an adult now and I moved out of the house happened was like whoa there's still a lot of shit here that's that that I'm feeling about this whole journey that I've been going on with my parents um, yeah. and it's affecting every area of my life right yeah and I, I mean I can you know I can only imagine and and how that like this, you know, it, it can, it can be very confusing. Right. And then like you, like you kind of being at the center of it all in mm-hmm. a way. Right. And it's like when we, sometimes when we're like in it, when we're in it, like we don't realize <laughs> we, it's just like, well, yeah, this doesn't feel good, but it's, it's like, all right. Like, so once I come out of this and then you realize that it's actually like inside of you now mm-hmm. at this point. Right. And like mm-hmm. the, um what I what what was coming up one thing that came up as you shared right is that like getting you know getting into psychology to be able to like understand right Mm -hmm. and and maybe having the idea or the perspective that if I can understand then I can fix yeah right and then so and then as you as you continue to go with that you realize that it's not about understanding in order to fix it's really like about like wait like I get to not understand I get to feel and when I feel Mm -hmm. I can accept and when I can accept I can actually transform right and like going from that different like um that different perspective that like really has you like stand in that in that power like really embody that that wisdom of like look I don't only understand that shit like I felt it and I was able to move it accept it and then like really able to make that um I know what's coming up to church is like milk it you milked it you're like all right I'm gonna make a juice that's gonna fuel my growth you know, and so, um, and I can only imagine, you know, just the, the, the challenges, the challenges that came through that. And, and as you shared, right, like coming into a space in which you, um, decided to like go on an intentional, like rite of passage, mm-hmm. right. Cause the other ones were kind of like, you, you did, I, you don't recall signing up for that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you don't recall signing up for that, like, you know, 18, 19 years worth of like a rite of passage passage um and so you know you you come into that space of of intentionally like putting yourself in in this um rite of passage with with other men who have initiated themselves into um like into that level of vulnerability and awareness and like intimacy with themselves right and um the 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 you right the aspect of yourself that was like you know, maybe like anxiously attached, but like avoidant and like all of that can come up. Like you, for those of you that are watching the video, you saw him, he was like, eh. <laughs> it's just like, you know, like that feeling can be so real for so many of us. Right. And so when you get to that point and it's like getting to that space of there's nowhere to go, you can't abandon yourself. You can't escape yourself. You can't go and say, Hey, you, or, Hey, I'm going to grab onto this. It's like, it literally brings you to this point of, Oh, or the picture that I'm getting, and I'm going to do my best to explain this all. It's just like, love is being expressed and like, and in truth, it's embodied in the, all of these people around you. And then they're coming closer and closer and closer. And then there's no way to push them away until you get to this point of like, 
like it's either i drop the shield and drop the armor and go through it the the only way out is through <laughs> right yeah. and so um share with us a little bit more about that like that yeah. like that specific um initiation for you well i want to say this that um there the only way out of it is through but for a very long time, um, I was disassociating, disengaging, disconnecting from it, distracting from it. And uh, for a long time, I was also pushing through it and trying to like go around it and, and, and hide it. And, you know, my father, it reminds me of my father now. And now, I mean, I'm so proud of him now. He's definitely uh, become much more emotionally intelligent and just allowed himself to express and um, but you know when I was younger I remember just seeing him like he would always say I'm okay I'm okay I'm okay I'm good leave me alone like I'm good and I could always see that he was carrying so much pain and I think for most for for, for most for many men especially many men that I, that I work with and I see this immediately because I've done it so much before like I actually had that initiation of that first time where I just said took a deep breath and allowed myself to go through it. Even that was a rite of passage. The first time I cried in front of other men, right? The first time I told Sam that I don't think I can give you what you need and I just need to work on myself right now. Like just owned exactly where I was at and put and put myself through the pain and allow myself to feel it. That was in itself a rite of passage. But most men, which is why you see like a midlife midlife crises and all these things is because they postpone that they postpone it they postpone it they don't communicate how they feel they don't allow themselves to go through it and you either see that you know the nice guy syndrome and not necessarily gentle right gentle is a beautiful thing and and, and i am big on having that as a value for myself the nice guys and manipulative and being nice and creating covert contracts so that you can get what you want and postponing seeing that feeling that emotion and actually communicating what you need and what you want in your life and on the other side like we were talking about before just taking and like doing all these things and then you might that might look like porn that might look like uh having you know um uh like just disconnected sex with a ton of women that might look like drinking that might look like drugs that might look like gambling that might look like um you know fuck everyone over in your job in order to get to a certain position like these are ways that we kind of find uh our way around the pain or try to like go under it or try to like push through it and try to armor our way through and i was tired of doing that there was it felt like there was just like wow it, it just kept hitting me harder and harder i was getting in worse situations getting like it really just I want to say rock bottom, it just felt like I need to let something go. And that happened, uh, that, that first like initiation into just like allowing myself to feel and go through it was in having a space where I felt safe. And, you know, first I had seen a therapist and that felt good just to have someone without judgment hear me out. But there was still this lack of connection there. Right. It was like I couldn't I couldn't resonate with them because they weren't really sharing what they had gone through because of their own um, you know, uh, uh, limitations. But when I went to community with other men that were like, dude, I, I went through that, too. 
Like I, I, I'm going through that right now, or this is what I did. This is what I had to do. When I saw other men like open up their heart and like share and saw the emotion and saw how relieved and like just um, light they felt by going through that initiation of like allowing themselves to be seen and going through the pain. It wasn't until that where I felt safe enough to, to literally just cry, to just say, I don't know what the fuck my next move is, to say like, I'm scared, to say, I don't know. And really those were the two most powerful words I said or phrases I said, and I say this all the time to the men that I work with, the two most powerful things that a man could ever say is I don't know, and I need help. Because that that just puts you in this very humble place. Of like I no longer have to take and push, and I no longer have to pretend that nothing's wrong. Like, I don't know, and I need help. And that itself is like an initiation, just asking for help something that I think many men don't do um, for a long time in their lives or maybe ever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you, you sharing that it's, I felt that I felt that, you know, the, the, the emotionality that comes with setting ourselves free, Mm. you know, really setting ourselves free and saying, I, I have no idea mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm open to mm-hmm. some support, you know, and mm-hmm. that, like, I feel like that beautifully ties into that, like that part of the passage that you shared of like, he shouldn't pretend he is more enlightened than he is, nor should he stop short of his actual edge, you know? And then I feel like, you know, not only um, men, you know, myself as a woman and as human beings, I, I can attest for the fact of like, just not wanting to be exposed Mm. for not knowing Mm -hmm. the right answer or for not being in quotation marks, perfect, Mm -hmm. or for not being the source of fixing a situation you know, it's um, for myself growing growing up, you know, just like putting myself in that those spaces of like making sure that I was like the safe space for my, my home, you know, for my mom, like just really wanting to be that for her mm-hmm. and and or making sure that I didn't say anything wrong that would take off like my father, you know, or making sure that I was like lovable and, and good enough so that my brothers would like play with me or or Mm -hmm. be with me, you know? So it like, it it looked differently. It looked differently, but still it was at that source of like, I need to be able to be everything and know everything at any given moment Mm -hmm. when presented to me. You know, and so, you know, growing up to that, that looks differently for, you know, it looked differently for me, it looks differently for everybody, but ultimately like to, to have it all trickle down to this point of like, I really feel the, the, the liberation of, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 it, and I need help, you know? And it's all in the breath, like just right now, right before you said that, you know? <sighs> just doing that was like that 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 is that is what I felt 
but if, if I could put all words aside, you know, I was I was noticing that my breath was stopping short, that I was holding my breath, that it was slowing down, that I was constraining. And it was almost like as, as soon as I did that and said that or asked for help or like released that emotion that I had just had bottled up, mm-hmm. it was just these deep breaths that I was able to take of relief that I don't need to carry this for anyone and I don't need to be responsible for my mom for my father I love them but I don't need to take responsibility for them I don't need to be responsible for my partner I get to just be responsible for me take care of myself and it again going back to edge if I take care of myself to the point where I'm not faking it right or I'm not uh, a living short of my edge and everyone else will feel safer, will trust me, and will be inspired to just take that deep breath themselves. Because, you know, it's a big piece of being a superior man is just like having that just that grounded presence and that ability to breathe through uncomfortable moments and breathe through, um, you know, moments where you do, you're, you're, you are reacting because something's being triggered. Mm-hmm. And just, a big piece of work to get there is looking at your pain, going to the depths of it and looking it in the face and just allowing yourself to feel it and wash over you. Because then when you're in other situations like that, you can take a deep breath and you know that at the end of the day, you're alive, you're good. And you've seen your edge in other areas Mm -hmm. of your life. So you can do that. And that's, that's a big piece of living your edge is, almost like putting yourself in situations where you know your edge. So when you are faced with challenges in life, you can say, I fasted in the desert for four days and four nights. I'm fucking good. (laughs) I can can take care of this right now. We're good. Like we're good, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, you know, this, right like breathing into our capacity to be at the edge Mm -hmm. and then being able to expand from that space right I feel like it it really brings forth this question of like how deeply can I be with myself Mm -hmm. or how deeply can I breathe into myself before I try to grip onto something else or somebody else Mm Right. And in that in and of itself, I feel like it's it's such a powerful like initiation for people to go through. And, and sometimes this will happen involuntarily um, in ways in which, you know, like maybe like, a, you know, like you get fired from a job or like a mm-hmm. job falls out or um, people in your life are, you know, no longer there. There's there's relationships are coming to an end and you're like, wait, wait, like all of the things that I've been gripping to, I can no longer grip onto. And and so that is how those involuntary, um, involuntary initiations happen to mm-hmm. allow us to expand our capacity to actually be at the edge and then and then from being able to expand from it you know and so to to intentionally put ourselves like on that edge right like for for you and 
um, when it comes to like going into this rite of passage and and going into this this vision quest ultimately, right? It's just mm -hmm. um, I'm assuming you can and you can speak a little bit more on that. Is that like there's nothing to grip onto. <laughs> You know, you intentionally put yourself in a space to become empty. Yeah. yeah. That's it right there. Right. And so in having that, having those being those, those, and I think that's such a powerful thing to do. Um, for some people, you know, it can look like to, to start off in like, you know, small steps is like taking, you know, taking a day for yourself, like out in nature with your phone off. Whoa. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's a yes. big one, let alone going off for weeks yeah. into the desert or into the Amazon or into the jungle or whatever. And then just fully letting go of anything that you may have been holding on to so that we can come into that edge within ourselves and, and have nowhere else to go but to show up to it fully. Right. Yeah. And the. Um, which brings me to this, to the, the last portion of the passage, which is where a man's edge is located is less important than whether, than whether he is actually living his edge in truth rather than being lazy or deluded. So to, to really tie that in as like, you know, to be, um, you know, a man um, or a woman, a human, a human being, a, a living soul on this earth, and to really be at your edge, it's it's really important that for that to be us living in our truth mm. fully, mm -hmm. whether that be enlightened, whether that be, I don't fucking know, whether that be, damn, I need some stuff to look at whether that be like, you know what, I need a, I need a second because I, I'm not able to show up enlightened right now. I'm going <laughs> to enlighten your ass with a, you know what I mean? So to, to really come into that. And so to, to begin to tie, you know, all, all of this, all of this goodness in, you know, we've been, we've been walking through, through such a beautiful portal and, and it like, it happened so quickly and, and, you know, and we're able to, to, to touch, uh, base on so many like beautiful and important pieces in your journey, mm -hmm. right. Of, of growing up, like growing up and, and your, your parents are on and off and on and off and on and off again. And you're, you're being the, like the loving man that you are like wanting to show up and like, and, and putting that, like maybe putting all of that on yourself and then mm. taking yourself out and then realizing that you've been set free externally. And now it's time for you to set yourself internally free. Mm. Right. you ask yourself these questions and you intentionally bring yourself into the spaces to, to not better understand, but to feel safe enough to feel what is necessary to, to transform right and mm -hmm. to truly and fully align deeply to your to the mission that you have for the way in which you desire to lead and are leading ultimately right and so you get to this point of these uh rites of passages with um 
with men, right? For, for yourself. And so now that we're there at this point of your, of your passage, you're, you're in your rite of passage, you're in the desert, you're with other men. And what can you share with us? That was like one of the biggest, Mm. you know, um, breakthroughs for you that from that point, you were like, the second I step back into the world, I'm not looking back. Mm. I've crossed over my threshold. Who I am will never be the same. Mm. What was that for you? Mm. There's so many moments, but there was this there was this moment where I really broke through a really uncomfortable state. Um, and you've touched on it, you know, like it doesn't have to be start off with four days and four nights out in the desert in a vision quest. You can start off with just putting aside your phone for for an hour, for a day, right? And I was, you know, even to that point, through all the work that I had done, I was afraid to be alone. That was a big one for me. I was afraid to be alone. And I remember on my third day, it was like three days of not eating. At that point, I was already like, you know, a bit weaker. I felt like uh, like a lonely. I hadn't seen a single soul for three days. Mm. And I missed my partner. I missed like social media. I missed my friends. I missed food, right? I missed so many things. I was just really at this moment of like so much discomfort. And it felt like a part of me was was dying. Like uh, I, 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 I knew that that was the intention of the journey, but it wasn't until I was at that point where a part of me wanted to go back to base camp, right? Like we all have that point when we're out there and it's like, it's like, fuck this shit, I'm going back. <laughs> and I, I was in that moment and that third day, I mean, that fourth day really, it was like an entire moment where it was really like a, a, a ceremonial death. Like, like a part of me thought that I was physically going to die and what did die was my my ego. There was a part of me that was going through an ego death. And I remember crying for like five hours straight mm. on that third day. Um, just like thinking about all the things I wanted to leave behind. Like, uh, you know, the way I was showing up in certain areas of my life, the way I was showing up in certain relationships, people I hadn't forgiven. Um, just all, all these things just right at the front and whatsoever there, there was no running face it it was that the fourth day was also really rough and because we like the entire night i stayed awake and just called in my prayer my vision and and, and solidified the journey that third day that was that that death lodge experience was really what was like the point of this is not just to go back and have this medal or this badge of honor like I did this part of me needs to die and it's it's a part of me staying up here on this mountain so that was that moment mm -hmm. yeah. wow mom thank you for sharing that I really felt um I really felt that and, and yeah it's like the the part of you that that wanted the medal had to ha, like had to die right and yeah. and you know one of the um, 
one of the beautiful things about that and in that is this um that I feel like has been has been real for me as well and and you know for those of you that are listening like might be real for you too that sometimes like we got to like tire out the ego right like tire out even the body exhaust the body so that you have no more energy to fight back the truth of your being the love that you are like the rawness of the human experience right and then like when we're at the peak of that like when we're at the peak of that moment like that's when you're like fuck i'm about to die i'm gonna die like i'm going to die it's just like doing like specific um like a kriya for example like you know you got your hands you know they're up and you're like mm-hmm. you know like literally and then like everything in you is just like my arms are gonna fall <laughs> off in about three seconds you know, like they're going to fall off or I'm going to pass, like, you know, there, there's so many yeah. ways in which this shows up, yeah. you know, and, and then we're here mm-hmm. and then we're here. And it's the, it sounds like the, the, the heart, like your heart of hearts, like your like your your internal superior man showed up in that moment and said like maybe like fuck that metal like forget everything else <laughs> like if i die here i die here let me die in honor by accepting to myself like yes. who i truly am yes and uh, if if there anybody listening there's a really good movie that just came out called uh, the green knight and there's a there's a part in the movie where um, it shows two two it shows two, two ways it can go. He runs away from his his fate, and he goes back and creates this life he's ashamed of. And then it flashes back where he actually doesn't run away. And what he does is he takes off he takes off this belt of protection that um, his mom had given him before he left, right? And that his partner had given him. Uh, when he when he got lost and he just decides like okay here i go i die like this and he actually doesn't die the the you know not to spoil the whole movie but um in that moment like the the the, uh the 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 monster right the the dragon that he went to go slay bends down in one knee and says like off with your head courageous one right and he lets him go the whole point there was like he had to be willing to die and feel like he actually was going to which is our ego thinking that we're going to die if we don't do this do that don't do this don't do that allow himself to die Mm. and then realize that he actually not physically dying he's actually just letting go of the thought that this is the only way to live and feel safe right and that's exactly how I felt on the third day and just that entire journey of like, fuck, I actually, I can handle this. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm okay. I'm safe. And I know myself even better. Mm-hmm. I know, I know what I'm here to do is more than just prove that I can live, prove that I, I can survive, prove that I can earn my, my right to be here. It's really mm-hmm. just 
so much deeper than that, right? And it's not until we're faced with that, like, death face-to-face that we realize, like, fuck, life is so much more than just, like, trying to prove myself, right? Um, so, yeah, that's that's a great reflection because that was that's that's the whole point of a rite of passage, I think. A part of us has to die. There's a severance. And for anyone listening, too, I want to say one thing. The best example I could give of a rite of passage is, you know, sometimes uh, you, you have someone that's drinking and driving, and that's like they're, that's the, just the way they show up, right? That's something they've been doing for years. And they get into that really big accident. And from that moment forward, they say, I'm no longer drinking. I'm a changed person. Mm. However, the difference here is that that's an accident we weren't asking for. And it doesn't always end up in us making that decision. However, it's life changing. A part of us literally thought we were going to die. And from that moment forward, we decide that we're leaving behind this part of us that, that was never actually us. It was just a way of us numbing from life. And then we're, we're revealed in front of us that, holy shit, my actual life almost ended. What am I going to do with it now that it's still there? So rite of passage is really just an intentionally created space where we can safely do that and, ha- and be received when you return by other initiated men. So that when you come back from that traumatic experience, it's less of a, fuck, what do I do now? And it's more of a, I have claimed why I did this. I am returning and there's other initiated men holding me to that edge mm-hmm. that I've claimed I want to live at. So I, I don't feel like I'm doing this alone. Mm. Wow. What a beautiful way. What a beautiful way to um, to culminate, to culminate everything, you know? And and that's that's such a beautiful and powerful analogy. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to remember that. I'm going to remember that. I'm going to remember that one because it's, it's so, it's so clear. It's so clear. Um, And so, you know, we'll take a moment, you know, we've been, we've been walking through, through this portal and, um, and got to know so much, so much about you and these moments these moments in your life, the realizations, one of the biggest ones. Um, I mean, there were so many, so many key points um, from what you shared, but um, one that really stuck with me was uh, the one about, I don't know, <laughs> and I need help. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the, the level of, of liberation, right. That, that comes from that, the, um, and then the other would be this this level of acceptance of like radical res- acceptance out of out of honor, out of honor to oneself and out of honor of one's life, right? To really accept that maybe some of the ways in which we've been showing up haven't been the best and most aligned ways, releasing judgment and saying, yeah, I understand why that was. Mm-hmm. And now I know differently <laughs> and I can move forward in, in a way that is, that is in alignment and creates a greater impact in my life and the life of others. Mm. Right. And, and so this volunt- involuntary and voluntary rites of passages and, and, and initiations that we go through that have brought you here to this point, 
mm-hmm. to who you are, to how you show up in the world. And so my question to you is, drum roll everybody, who is, <laughs> who are you, who are you today? Mm. I love that question. Um, I'm a son. I am a brother. Mm. I am, am a partner. I am a friend. Um, really just stripping away all identities. I am a seeker of truth. I am a creator of my own reality. And all of that has led me to a few identities which I embrace because they allow me to create space for other men to find that within themselves. And right now, one of those identities is uh, a men's embodied leadership coach. I'm also a brand strategist for other impact-driven men who want to create their own version of truth and mission, whatever that looks like for them. And I'm a right of passage apprentice. So for the next two years, I'll be crossing um, over a hundred men uh, along with my, my mentors and guys that have been doing this for years. And then after two years, I'll be able to say, I am a man who, man who has brought rite of passages to Puerto Rico and to Hispanic uh, men, to black men and just men of color. That's a big thing that I'm working towards. So that's who I am today. And, and underneath all that all, I'm just true. True to me. I love that. And your name? Jose Alejandro. Jose Alejandro (laughs) Rodriguez. (laughs) Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jose, for for coming on with all of your your rawness, your truth, you know, your wisdom and and all of the, the experience that has brought you to be who you are. It's, it's such an honor to, to get to be here with you. And, um, for those of you listening, I just want you to know, Jose was actually one of the first two people that I told about this podcast. I was walking, I was walking down this little hill and Jose was in front of me. And then I was like, I got to tell him because I got to tell somebody that I got, (laughs) I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And this was at the beginning of this year. And then later that day, we were having dinners, a big um, group of people. We were in, in Guatemala during Wayeb. And which is a, a pilgrimage that, that we got the, the honor and the privilege to be with. And I'm, cro- I'm sitting across Jose and his partner, Sam. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do a podcast. It's going to be called Passages and it's going to be like written passages and, you know, all these things. And so it's such a beautiful thing to get to come full circle here with you um, in this way. And and, and another thing for those of you um, listening to, to really take this in, um, the, the why, the importance of your why, your, the importance of you, your vulnerability, your intimacy with yourself to place yourselves in, in, pace, in spaces that feel safe for you to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And 
if you're a woman listening to this, um, send this over to, you know, your <laughs> man friends, to your brothers, um, you know, send, send that over and, and, and also, you know, let yourself fully receive, um, the, the embodiment of, of wisdom that Jose so beautifully like shared with us. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you are a man listening to this, may you fully receive this and connect mm -hmm. with him. Um, and so, which leads me to how can people connect with you? Mm. Yeah, well, it, first and foremost, thank you so much for having me. And, and I do recall that moment where you shared that you're going to do a podcast. And Sam and I were so excited for you. And I'm so honored and blessed to be a uh, part of it and to be a able to share just my my medicine my gift um so thank you really honored and uh or meant to find me i mean so right now my website's being reconstructed but you can find me on instagram r jose underscore alejandro if you're looking for a community of men that are committed to expressing the truth and owning their power um, the Reflex Media, I mean, uh, the MRMOfficial.com. Uh, the Reflex Media is my agency. Uh, so the MRMOfficial.com, you can check it out there. Write the passages, resources, everything is there. Um, and yeah, through my Instagram, you can find anything else that I'm doing. And my website should be back up in the next month or so. So beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. And all of and all of these details are going to be right underneath this video as well as, um, you know, on the, on the links provided um, from this interview. And so definitely follow him on Instagram. If you're not already following him on Instagram, please do it. He's a one of the people that I'm like, I was going to say up to today. He's always dropping some truth or, you know, sharing something that you can, that can bring some laughter into your day, but um, always, always doing so um, with intentionality. Um, and I'm really grateful to, to get to receive and to, um, be impacted by the impact that you're creating in the world. So thank you, Jose, thank and you. thank you all for, for being here, for listening, for tuning in, in these times, as I've shared with you all, it is so, so, so important for you to be really mindful and discerning and what you allow yourself to be influenced by. So I myself, and I know Jose as well, appreciates your presence here and allowing us to, to pour into you and to infuse your perspective in life. And so I will see you all on the next passage. Much love. Bye. Take a deep breath as you exit the portal of Passages, the podcast. May these readings of passages and deep dives into rites of passage continue to empower you in every single breath and every single step that you take. From this moment until the next passage, may your path forever be blessed.